another day in paradise. <laughs> David X. Hey, how's it going, Gunner? Huge. Yeah. Huge news. Big news. Big deal. Big deal. So what is, I guess something happened recently. Yeah. I mean, this is, we've been, yeah, this has been in the works for a long time and it took, it was a huge team had to come together to, to make it happen. But, um, you know, finally, uh, you know, today's the day it's, uh, and and there's news is finally out. Yeah, the press is like like the the internet is on fire uh, talking about it too. It's like they they can't stop talking about it. I know, I know. It's uh, it's it's in all of it. It's even in the the mainstream press. Uh, they're covering it. You know, it's not just yeah. the not just the tech magazines. So I don't know. So yeah, it's something I think uh, it's something I think all of Red Hat could be really proud of. Really proud of. Yeah. 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 So what is it? Well, it's the Rel seven six release. Yeah, of, of course, course, of yeah, course. That's, that's what right. I'm uh, coming to you right now on. I upgraded the RAL 7.6 uh, this morning, and yum update, reboot, bam, rock and roll. Very nice, very nice. I was in an all-hands meeting this morning uh, talking about something else, and the uh, and uh, Denise Dumas, uh, the head of engineering, said, uh, congratulations to everyone on the 7.6 general availability, big applause. And then somebody from our release management team called out, it's not out yet. We're still pushing. Don't jinx it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, the 7.6 release, uh, chock-a-block full of delicious uh, enterprise features. Um, some uh, some new stuff, some improvements. Um, shall, I, shall I go through the list? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what did I get in this? I gotta, gotta what's in the bag? Late. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Um, uh, so now some improvements to network bound disk encryption, um, which mm-hmm. is now using the new, uh, the new version of the TPM modules. Um, we've got, uh, several crypto improvements, um, and firewall improvements. So there's a whole security is kind of the top line, um, mm-hmm. uh, of the list of features. And then on, as you know, there's a major theme in RHEL around improving the management and automation of RHEL. Um, and so you'll, you'll see some, you'll see several improvements on the, the cockpit web console, um, mm-hmm. And uh, we've also added support for the Berkeley Packet Filter, eBPF, um, mm-hmm. which is, makes it easier to kind of look into the kernel and see what's going on, um, which, is great, uh, for, uh, which is great for folks who are interested in that kind of thing. And then the other big headline, at least for me, is uh, the, including, uh, the inclusion of Podman. Mm. Um, so this is the container toolkit um, that's kind of built from the ground up. Uh, by Red Hat, and it works together with the the Builda and the Scopio projects um, to help you kind of run and build and 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 share containers. Um, so this is all uh, this is all kind of adjacent to the cryo work that that folks might have heard about heard about elsewhere. But um, basically, like better container infrastructure, better uh, management, and kind of diagnostic infrastructure, and then uh, several security improvements. So mm-hmm. uh, so go out and get yours now. Yes, and the the update was just boring. It was it Good. was great. That's how we yeah. like them. That's how we yep. like them. Totally uneventful. Yep. That's what we want. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Some and I guess some other news too. I guess you know, Red uh, uh, IBM is is buying us. But uh, what else is going on, Gunner? Oh yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, let's see. So today on the show. Um, we've got, I notice how I'm just going to blow right past that topic. Um, <laughs> so today on the show, we've got, 
uh, needles in stomachs, mm-hmm. uh, worms in faces, mm-hmm. drunks in Ubers, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a tautology, and mm-hmm. uh, meetings in Amazon. Mm. Okay. All right. So things in other things. Yes. Like yes. Red Hat in IBM, for example. Yes. 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 All right. So, but Dave, if uh, if folks want links uh, to the uh, to more information about our beloved RHEL seven point six release, uh, what website should they go visit? Yeah, we want to go to uh, send them to dgshow.org. So D is in Dave, G is in Gunner. Show.org. Nice. And uh, what what do we have for us on the cutting room floor this week? Yep. Uh, so let me know if you detect a pattern here. So we got uh, Chinese takeout infused candles. We have uh, bacon infused mustaches. Uh, Clam-infused candy canes and uh, meat-infused vending machines. Oh, see, see, I thought I understood, but now I'm infused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dad jokes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so let's see. You got uh, Halloween coming up. Did you uh, celebrate the? What did Soren dress up as, or, or is that still on tap? For, uh, uh, this week, Soren's it's still on tap for this week. Soren's plans are to dress up in the same skeleton costume uh, he enjoyed last year. Nice. So great. I'll take it. Yeah. So looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, h- how about you? What do you uh, uh, what are you dressing up as? Um. Yeah. Pretty lame. I'll be in DC. Um. But you know, we'll see how it goes. It, it should be. <laughs> it's scary enough in DC that I don't need to dress up. Um. <laughs> But the funny thing in Akron, I, it, um, you'll have to take a look at the uh, – I guess this will be the picture of the week. But uh, one of the things that's going around in Akron right now is that uh, a trending topic is uh, the hashtag trash casket. <laughs> I think I had their first two albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So, so it winds up this guy was like driving down the street and it was garbage day. And, you know, people throw out, like, you know, they, they have their garbage cans, they have, like, an old washing machine and all that, and uh, somebody had a casket in there. Um, and he's like, ooh. And so he comes along with a – he gets a buddy in his pickup truck, and then they put it in the pickup truck, and then they, they drive it to, um, you know, to, to their place. And it winds up that the casket is locked. And then Uh-oh. they, like – yeah, right. And then they go and they they uh, they – broke it open and there was like uh nothing in there i guess but it was all nice inside unfortunately it wasn't used or, or lightly used i guess and uh so they were <laughs> they're using it for uh um i guess part of their halloween display yeah yeah well of course uh it reminds me of the uh the hemingway poem of for you know for sale baby shoes never worn <laughs> so, mm. you know for sale one casket lightly used. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Short time occupant. Right. Yeah. 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 A... Yeah. And um, speaking of, of other uh, uh, Cleveland news, sport, let's David Gunner sports zone here. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure you've been following this in the news with, with the Browns. That, Avidly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the Cleveland Browns have like, they went all season and they didn't win a game. And like the year before that, they only won one game. And then, so it was like before the season started, they, um, they had a, a, a Bud Light had this whole promotion, um, of like, you would go into bars in Cleveland. And I, I have a picture here where if the, the first time that the Cleveland Browns win, the bartenders are going to unlock these coolers of Bud Light 
and and it's free Bud Light for everybody in the bar once the Browns win. <laughs> so even when the Browns win with Bud Light, you lose. Um, <laughs> so so it wound up that uh, so the first game I was at the game, the Steelers tied, so they didn't win. Um, and but they eventually did win, and then they they uh, they opened them up and everything, and everybody's drinking Bud Light and everything, and. Uh, and then uh, the Steelers, a recent game, the, the Steelers beat the Browns in Cleveland, and they just fired the, the head coach of the Browns over the weekend. They just fired the, the head offensive coordinator that used to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's gone. Um, and then the other thing is that the Cleveland Cavaliers, with, they started 0-6 since they traded LeBron James. So now they're like 0-6, and they just fired the uh, – um, head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's like you can imagine all three of these guys are like in a bar or unemployment line or something with a Bud Light. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, great marketing. Tremendous yeah. marketing idea, right? Oh, it's that's just, brilliant. The, the Bud Light yeah. guys, they, they're on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, here we are talking about it, right? So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah. So we, we got some viewer mail. Oh, right. Let's hear about it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Damon Gunner show super fan, Andrew Sanders. Um, he wrote to us saying that I do not recall laughing harder or being any more horrified than, uh, when listening to episode 165, he also asks, uh, Gunner, um, in episode 165, did Gunner intentionally make a biblical reference to three, uh, 16, like John three sixteen, when he joked about the hug request in train car three sixteen? Great question. Great question. Uh, and the answer is, uh, my genius is so thorough that, uh, I actually made the reference subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm not even, I'm not even aware of when I'm making my, my inside references. I'm like, uh, I'm like a nerdy Dennis Miller that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, good. I don't know. Total coincidence, but, but I'm glad it was a good pickup though. I like the, yeah. like, I like connecting the two. That's good. No, I can imagine Andrew has this like crazy board where he's dissecting and trying to find all these intersections and yeah, like a uh, bulletin board with like yarn and your picture and my picture. And all these <laughs> points and, yeah. That's right. Well, you know, th there is an extensive corpus of a uh, Dave and Gunner apocrypha, right? <laughs> and so somebody has to be the custodian of this work. So thanks Andrew. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of apocrypha, um, mm. you know how we're always talking about uh, sticking medical devices in your stomach, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a new one. Um, so how, what, what is your, uh, uh, do you have a needle phobia? Uh, I wouldn't say that I seek them out, um, mm -hmm. but I don't think that I've got a phobia. Like I don't recoil in the way that many people do. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Yet, like anyway. I, I donate blood and I, you know, do a blood test. I'll, I'll get my flu shot and all that. And it's like, it's all right. Mm -hmm. But I guess, um, you know, the, one of the things, the, the market problem that they're trying to address here is that, that needle phobia keeps a lot of people from getting the medical care that they need. Sure. And so now there's a, a new product out or that they're working on. It's called the, I guess, the Ronnie pill. Um, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's a pill. It's not needle free. Um, but it is pain-free. So basically, you um, swallow this pill. The pill has a needle in it. And then by the time it gets into the acid into into your stomach and small nope. intestine, nope. it'll break down. Nope. Uh, inflate a balloon. 
and then it'll drive a micro needle uh, into the intestinal wall to deliver the dose of whatever medicine you need. <laughs> I've got the, and, <laughs> I have this image of like of like a uh, of like a tiny like Mars Curiosity lander, like which <laughs> kind of going yeah. through my stomach and then like throwing off the parachute and then deploying. Uh, forget this is ridiculously complicated. Yeah. Yeah, and your stomach just goes, and (laughs) like an airbag going off. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, that's a. So here's what I don't understand. Decades ago, Star Trek already laid out the plan for this, which is those um, seemingly innocuous, uh, pain-free injectors with the kind of with the kind of the rubber ball at the end. You know what I'm saying? Um, like the, right. whenever, whenever they wanted to give somebody a shot on Star Trek, it always had this, like, uh, what I always like imagined to be like, that would yeah, shoot right into yeah, 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 that's right. Um, I admire the ingenuity, but, uh, this is, the, the cure seems worse than the disease. Yes. I don't. Yeah. And if you have a needle phobia, would you stick a needle in your stomach? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, you're afraid of needles here. Swallow one. <laughs> no it's a terrible idea yeah um okay all right uh next idea next idea okay so um so there is this woman and uh she was like i guess taking selfies and sending them out and then she noticed that there were like one day there was like a lump on her face that was in a certain area and then the lump moved to another part of her face and then to another part of her face and then um before she knew it um, the, the lump resurfaced on her upper lift, upper lip, uh, it resurfaced on her upper lip causing massive swelling. Um, and so she took swellies to track, uh, she took selfies to track all the process, uh, all the progress. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so she eventually went to the doctor and the doctor determined that she, uh, was actually had a, uh, um, a mosquito, well, a mosquito bite on her trip that injected a parasite and it turned into a worm. And then the worm was like squirming around inside her face. <laughs> <laughs> so take, go no. ahead, take a moment. Look at, say, the, look at the pictures. I say, no, I say, no, thank you. I say, You're not leave it. Look at the pictures. I'm not going to look at the pictures. No, thank you. Oh, all right. <sighs> You're missing out. You're missing out. <laughs> Right. Uh, that's horrifying. Okay. That's horrifying. So, okay. I take it back about the swallowing. If it, if getting rid of the parasite, if I had to swallow a needle to get rid of that, I would swallow the needle. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's like you imagine like sleeping and like your face is on the pillow and then there's a squirming between your face and the pillow. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. God. Or like you push it around to get a nice, nice little pad. I'm, I'm holding you responsible for the fact that I will not be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at the pictures; it'll be great. Um, <laughs> no. Nope. All right. All right. Uh, we can agree to disagree on the face parasites. Uh, so, what do you have? What do you have for us in uh, accelerometer news? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Uber uh, submitted a patent. Um, that allow that uses artificial intelligence to identify passengers exhibiting unusual behavior um, uh, for for instance if they're inebriated mm-hmm. so um, the it will check for you making typos or not precisely kick, clicking on buttons 
or if you're holding the phone at a weird angle mm -hmm. um, and the speed you're walking and how long it takes to request a ride. And, um, and so they do that, that, um, and so the thought is that, well, if, if they can decide the person's inebriated, well, they could um, have the pickup location be in a well-lit area. Um, and, you know, so that's maybe a little bit safer or um, possibly, you know, I can imagine they could do other things too, in terms of, um, you know, maybe charging surge fares uh, for drunk people. Uh, or, yeah. That seems more yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this also seems like a threat. Like, uh, now you've got a bunch of Uber drivers looking for drunk passengers, right? Yes. Um, so that they could be uh, assaulted, right? Yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking about too. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it's like, you know, you're picking up somebody that could be inebriated and, and that's not good. Um, and then the other part is that they said that it could also prevent the passenger from joining shared rides like, like Uber pool and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh yeah. So, and so what, what do you think about this? Is this a, a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's, I don't have any data around this, but my intuition is that the likelihood for abuse is far greater than any good that it is going to do. Like, okay, so you're going to go take a drunk person and pick them up in a well-lit area. Okay. I can understand that being a good, kind of a good all by itself, but it seems like way more likely that this thing is going to be fraught with, uh, abuse, right? It's basically begging for somebody to now hunt for, like, you can imagine, like, there being a nefarious driver looking for drunk females at 3 a.m. Um, right. That seems like a bad idea. And I'm also worried about, I don't exactly know what the whole threat looks like, but I can also imagine that this thing would not do a very good job distinguishing between drunk and having Parkinson's disease or yes. drunk and having multiple sclerosis, for example. Um, right. That... Uh, which also seems not great. Not great. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Have, have you ever done like Uber pool and, or like Lyft line with a drunk person? No, no, I don't care for people. So I don't participate in the, uh, shared, in the shared rides. Um, yeah. I pay, the, I, I pay extra for, for having a car all by myself. Have you? Uh, I do it out of being a, uh, as like a, a spectator of like, just let's see what happens, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, you know, there was one time that I was like, uh, it was pretty bad. I was, I was in a, uh, car with a, a very drunk guy. Mm. He was sitting in the passenger seat, uh, like playing with the radio and everything. And then he was like turned around and there's a woman I was sitting next to. He was like hitting on her. And then it's like, I, you know, I'm like trying to not cause trouble. And he's like, Hey, you know, he's like trying to be my friend and everything. And, I guess he was going to some strip joint and that's, that's where they dropped them off at and everything. And it's like, Oh man, that's bad. That's not great. Yeah. That's not great. No. Um, well, all right. Well, I guess if you're well, preventing the, that behavior, I guess that's a, that's a positive, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I found too, just my, and I'd love to hear what other people have done when you do like the Uber pool. I've noticed that most of the time the riders are women. And I, I wonder if that is like you would think it's like, why would they want to do that of having more strangers in a car? But maybe my rationale is by having more people that don't know each other in a car, you can create a greater sense of accountability instead of it being like driver versus passenger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uber continues to surprise and amaze with the ways in which it can uh, abuse its own power.
Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So speaking of privacy. Yeah. You got a you got a PSA for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like I, I see a lot of times people will um, like fetishize like WhatsApp or Signal and, and things like that. And it's to me, it's like it's only as private as the people you talk to. Sure. And um, I, you know, I, I always think of the, the Ben Franklin quote that uh, three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. And, <laughs> you know, so it, it goes down to. Um, you know, it's like, oh, we got end to end encryption and, and all this stuff going on. But if the person that you're sharing the content with, um, if they're not, you know, whether it's accidental or intentional, it's really easy to, you know, share whatever information um, that goes out. And it's I'm surprised that people are surprised by that. Yeah, I, um, it's like no one tool is going to create a secure communication channel. It can help. But yes. just the fat, the act of using it all by yourself is not. Um, you still need to trust the person that you're talking to, right? Um, right? It doesn't matter what the communication channel is if that person can then turn around and go talk to a reporter, right? That's yes, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I'm surprised too that like Signal uses your cell phone number um, to um, as an identifier too, as opposed to having a more like anonymous. Way to I, sign up. I could be wrong, but I believe they chose the phone number because it, it because it could be more anonymous than say an email address or you know some other, uh, you know or some other identifier, um, yeah. you know because you don't have to you don't your name doesn't have to necessarily be attached to the to the phone number. Um, mm. Also, the phone number doesn't have to be attached to the telephone that you're using, right? You can use a uh, you can use a fake number, I, I presume. Um, well, I think that don't they like text you back or this, that's how they, yeah. But if you like, if you go register for a throwaway, uh, number and then have it forwarded to the thing, then you could be at least a little more obscured, if not totally anonymous. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I trust that. So part of the, you know, when you choose tools like this, you're, yeah, you're kind of, you're relying on the technology, but more than that, you're actually relying on the team that built it to have thought of all this stuff before you, um, Hmm. And so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why why Signal is so popular is because Moxie and the rest of the guys who who build that stuff at Whisper Systems, they all know what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And they have made, you know, they take all of the design choices very, they take all those choices very seriously. Um, and so, you know, they are anticipating, they're anticipating your questions and your concerns and hopefully have solved all the problems before you realize that you have them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why Signal is so popular, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Now let's talk about Amazon. I'm ready. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that, uh, so AWS specifically, um, they, as they grow, they have more and more services, um, inside of AWS. And when they would have a staff call, there would be no way for people to provide updates on all the components of AWS. So what they've come up with is a thing that they call the wheel, which leadership would spin and then choose uh, to choose the topics for people to uh, present in the meeting. So everybody has to uh, prepare for the meeting because they they may quote unquote win, um, but they um, but they may prepare for nothing if, if nothing happens. And it 
it actually it manifested itself as a real spinning wheel, which I, I have the picture of there if you scroll down. Um, but they also uh, created one in um, uh, a software-based one, and they open-sourced it uh, called AWS Ops Wheel, if you wanted to check it out. Uh, I and I wanted to – yeah, so you see the wheel there. What, what do you think, especially as like as RHEL similarly is mm-hmm. made of many, many, many thousands of components and all that – would you have a wheel that has like one for every package or um, or what would the or, or do you think that this is not a good way to uh, do a meeting? It depends on what you're trying to do with the meeting. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to create a if you're trying to make sure that everyone has a regular reporting cadence and that they're keeping their dashboards or whatever up to date, um, the threat of being called on in front of the teacher is a pretty good like, I think that's a pretty good accountability measure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you never know when the Wheel of Fortune might strike you. Um, so I like it for that reason. But I also had the thought of, again, depending on the kind of meeting you're having, it seems as though the leaders should have a pretty good idea about what the, who they want to hear from, um, depending on kind of what's new or what's on fire. Um, mm-hmm. If they don't have that kind of visibility and they don't have the ability to understand what's important and what's not important, um, this would be a bad tool for running the meeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, is it like the leader of the meeting should actually show up with in a, you know, some kind of affirmative agenda for what they want to hear about. Um, and if they don't know what they want to hear about, then they don't have a good handle on the operation. That's one yes. story, right? <clears throat> but on the other hand, I can understand, I believe me, I understand that there is way too much going on uh, for any one person to hold it all in their head. And so um, having this kind of like random number generator running your meeting, I can understand the the virtue of that. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I can imagine like we're going to be, well, we've, we've been facing this for years it, as we grow and we have more and more products and, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like this get bigger and bigger. And the way that we used to do things, like you remember back in the day when we just, we just had RHEL and EAP and satellite for the most part, um, mm-hmm. It was easy to have one meeting and everybody gets their voice in, but all of a sudden, you know, imagine like a Paul Cormier and trying to get everything read out to him. It's like it would take days, and yep. by the time that meeting's over, you got to start all over again. Yeah, well, and that's what that's what I mean by depending on the kind of meeting you're having, because you know, at a if Paul Cormier, the big boss of products and technology, he should have an opinion about what he wants to hear about, and if he doesn't have a good if, it isn't, if he doesn't have good enough visibility into the operation to know what he is supposed to hear about, um, mm-hmm. then that's a different problem. Yes. That a Wheel of Fortune and, would be papering over, right? Yeah, and maybe maybe what you need to do is, uh, like, he would come in with his top five things, but then of the, the hungry product managers that want to get FaceTime with an executive of, you know, and they all have something that's very important to them. Mm-hmm. Then you bring the wheel in for, you know, to give people a chance to talk about what they're working on, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. The wheel of fortune seems like a very good way of supporting a, an out of, an, an out of room, uh, reporting and update process, right? Yes. So if everybody owed me a status update on Friday, I can't go through all the status updates in front of everyone. And so I'm just going to rely on the fact that everyone's going to go produce one, which I will, which I will read later, but I'm only going to call on five of them and you never know which five in a particular meeting. So mm-hmm. I can see the wheel fortune being useful for that, you know, as a facilitating or encouraging prompt reporting. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, mm-hmm. it's an accountability measure more than it is like an agenda builder, if that makes sense. Yep. 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 Okay. 
Yeah, we got we got one more uh, last thing for uh, Amazon and their their meeting uh, practices. So here's another thing that that Jeff Bezos does, where um, whenever uh, uh, what he does is with his executives is that instead of he bans PowerPoint and um, no slides, and what he does is have the people in the meeting create a uh, six-page narrative um, that, and then at the beginning of the meeting, everybody walks in the room and it's like a study hall where they go through the six-page memo. Yep. And then, um, and that's where you know the 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 thought was, you know a by making it a six page memo instead of like a 20 page memo that forces them to like think more critically instead of just putting like all kind of stuff down, mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, makes the thinking a lot more succinct. Um, and, um, and the, the you know, that you want to spend the, the proper time and thought, uh, to go into the meeting. But, uh, but what do you think of that in terms of how, how, uh, meetings are run? Would you be for or against that? Uh, depends on the kind of meeting, uh, but in principle four. So, uh, I've actually been, I've actually participated in meetings that have, that have been run like this. Um, and, uh, here was my experience of it. Everyone spent the first 15, 20 minutes in quiet contemplation of the, of the memo. And then the entire balance of the time was spent on discussion. Mm -hmm. If that memo had been rendered as a set of 40 slides, there would have been almost no discussion because almost the entire time would be spent going through the slides one by one. Oh, wait, hold on. I'll get to that in the next two slides. Um, okay, hold your questions to the end. Uh, going through that process, very kind of low bandwidth way of communicating with people. Um, the memo requires way more prep time, um, mm -hmm. way more prep time, like exponentially more prep time than slides, but does mm -hmm. make for much better time spent actually in the meeting because you spend most of your time talking about the material and everyone is working off the same fact base, um, yes. as opposed to, as opposed to the slides, which kind of trickle the facts in over the course of the hour or what have you. Um, so for a certain kind of meeting, uh, especially for kind of a decision-making meeting or like a go, no go kind of a meeting, the memo mm -hmm. is a really powerful tool. Um, and yeah. I'm a huge, and I'm a huge fan of it. However, there is a kind of a meeting and there's the kind of, there are certain things that you want to be talking about, which you don't want people to spend that much time prepping for, uh, in a brainstorming meeting, for example, um, yes. or in a kind of status update kind of a meeting, for example, um, you don't want people to be spending like the time spent prepping a six page memo would be wasted time. Um, right. and so you have to be careful about how you bring the tool to bear, but, um, in the right circumstances, it can be, uh, can be much more effective than a, than a set of slides for sure. Yeah, and the brainstorming one too would be like if you spend hours and hours coming up with something, you're gonna cling to it much more tightly um, yeah. because you're you're so vested in it. Yeah. And but for for me though, like as as like an introvert and I'm not the fastest reader in the world, like I would feel like I would be put on the spot that it's like boom, you know, it's like I feel like I'm taking the SAT test or something, and and uh, I would like this method if I got the if I got it in advance where I could read it like the night before and sleep on it and think about it, and then I make notes in the margin and you know, what, of what I would want to talk about. Yeah. 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 I can see. I'm not sure what, and I don't think Bezos or anybody in Amazon has actually described why there should be a big reveal in the beginning of the meeting. Um, yeah. that might have to do with kind of executive time and attention more than any kind of methodological or like epistemological, uh, concerns. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. It might be just like, please don't send me this memo ahead of time because I'm not going to be able to read it anyway. So um, you need to, get, you know, you basically have 15 minutes of my reading time to pitch me the idea. Um, so I can see somebody like Bezos running a running a shop like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's again just like the pre- just like the Wheel of Fortune. You know, kind of like different tools for solving different kinds of problems because uh, there's all different kinds of meetings that you want to run, yep. and there's no one answer. So like uh, our friend Jim Totten, uh, who uh, was the general manager of the Rail business, um, his uh, his favorite meeting format was. Uh, building the agenda, spending the first like 10 minutes of the meeting, building the agenda, just going around the room and saying, what should we talk about? What should we talk about? What should we talk about? And I found that to be really powerful uh, when the goal of the meeting is kind of visibility and coordination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you got a good sense of kind of what was on everybody's mind. Um, not super structured um, and does have some like biases built into that. Like, of course the meeting is always going to be about emergencies as opposed to things that are, you know, potentially important, but not urgent. Um, yes. but, uh, but again, like if you're, if you're in a meeting where all you're trying to do is socialize the urgent items, that's a, that's a great format. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I remember being in those meetings and, uh, yeah, I, I never experienced that type of meeting format before, but it was, it was interesting, but like you say, it's not for every type of meeting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, something, I wish there was a class. I'm sure there is somewhere. Like, there should be a class that teaches folks the taxonomies of different kinds of meetings and the different tools mm-hmm. that are appropriate for the different kinds of meetings that you, that one has. Um, that would be a class I would take. That sounds kind yeah. of interesting to me. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there has to be. We can, maybe we can add that to the DNG coursework. Yes. Right. Yeah, they can get a diploma. Um, right. Yeah. That, all right. Patreon link Cor- forthcoming. Correspondence cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The Dave and Gunner <laughs> business school. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Um, so I don't know, Dave, while we've been calling, I got all these calls from people at IBM. I don't know what this is all about. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess I should get back to them. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. See what they, see what they want. See what see they're what into. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for the 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 people at IBM, uh, if, mm-hmm. if while they uh, if they needed to catch up on this episode and mm-hmm. get all the links, uh, where where should we send all the IBM people? Oh, great question. Uh, welcome IBMers, uh, and uh, you're you you can now set your homepage uh, to ggshow.org. That's D is in Dave, G is in Gunner, show.org. All right. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Gunnar. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.